Hello and welcome back to Backyard Barstools. This is Peterson. This is Andrew. Ah, welcome well, back. We're back. We're in week week three. Crazy. We've We're had a week three point. Well, I guess yeah. it is week three. Yeah, it's week three. Not always week. Yeah, no, it's not week three. three. It's episode three. Okay. But yeah, it's six months in, and uh, we have three and a half episodes. Not very efficient. It's pretty good. Yeah. So our podcast is. Uh, it's for college students or up-and-coming college students um, who want to grow in their faith, who um, want to deal with some of the struggles in college uh, that many people face, and just how to address those issues as a believer, or possibly maybe someone that's on the fence of becoming a believer. Um, and so this podcast started out, we were in uh, my backyard last year, and we were sitting on two bar stools that my... Uh, <laughs> that my roommate stole from a bar here in College Station, Texas. Um, and we were just talking about our faith struggles, and so we decided we thought spontaneously we were going to start up a podcast, and we did. Um, but usually it takes place outside. Um, unfortunately, it's 85 degrees in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. So we're in my room actually now. But it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. got a fan going. It feels great in here. Not sweaty bucks. <laughs> But now our name no longer holds true necessarily. It's not really a backyard. Bar yeah. stool. We're also not even on our bar, on bar stools. Yeah. No, no one in here. There are four humans in here. Oh, we are all on chairs. Yeah. That's okay. Speaking of those four, who are the other two humans? Here? Oh, the other two humans. So, what did you introduce this topic, or should we wait? Uh, yeah, so this week's topic is going to be fellowship. We have two guests here. We do. Two guests here. We got Sir Hunter Lanham and Sir Nathan Weigel. Um, and so they'll introduce themselves, or introduce yourself, when you're involved in what's your deal. Yeah. So my name is Hunter Lanham. I'm a junior here at Texas A&M. Let's go. I'm currently involved in Beta Theta Pi fraternity. Uh, hey, I'm from Graham, Texas. Yep. Super, super small town. Frat. And yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Let's go. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. My name is Nathan Weigel, and I'm a senior here at Texas A&M. I'm a... In a core, I'm in the core. I'm in Squadron 17, more specifically. What's the core um, for people who don't? Dude, know the core is. is, gosh, the core is basically just like this. I don't even know how to explain it really because it's so far fetched compared to other things. But it's like, it's just like outfit, a military. Right? Like the best way, the easiest way to explain it is like a military frat, especially like where 17 <laughs> is. And like I hate calling it that because we get a lot of chirp for that. But it's basically like a stepping stone for people to get into the military. But not even half the people actually do. So it's like, <laughs> basically, I live on campus with two thousand other people, and and that's that's the core. And we're just waking up super early, and for just I guess because we like it. So yeah, um, but yeah. So I'm in, I'm involved in that, and um, gosh, I've been involved for four years now. So let's go. Let's go. Last lap. Awesome. Hey, before we dive into the topic specifically of like fellowship, could y'all both provide like a brief. Just testimony of what faith looked like in your life or what God's done in your life and just what that has looked like. Yeah, so like I mentioned, I'm from uh, Graham, Texas, which is a super small town. And so I grew up with the same uh, group of friends uh, all throughout elementary school, all the way to high school. Uh, and so coming to college, it looked a lot different for me because I was the only one from my friend group coming here. And so I had to make a new, entirely new friend group. And so what that looked like for me was honestly struggling at first with uh, finding a spot and finding a place uh, within that new friend group. Uh, Like I said, I did rush a fraternity and joined a fraternity, uh, but never really found my place within that. Mm. And so uh, within those struggles though, uh, God definitely used it to uh, reveal himself and 
uh, he used other guys in the fraternity who were older uh, to really show show himself to me. Uh, so yeah, I rushed my freshman year, and like I said, was really struggling to find uh, just a group, but uh, an older guy in the fraternity just continued to invest in me, and he ended up sharing the gospel to me. And that was honestly the first time that I'd ever been presented that question. I had a lot of head knowledge about God, and growing up like through growing up in the church. What was the specific question? Yeah, he asked me, when he first shared the gospel, he was like, dude, if you were to die right now, what what is the percent chance you go to heaven? Mm. And with the head knowledge I had, I, I kind of knew where he was getting at. And so at the time, I, I lied to him, and I said 100%. Like, I know where you're going with this. Mm. Uh, but just him asking that really, uh, like, poked and prodded at my heart, and it really made me think about that. And so afterwards, he still gave me the decision to make that decision for myself. Uh, and even though I didn't right there, it definitely made me consider uh, making Jesus my Lord and Savior uh, throughout that entire semester and semester after. And so, yeah, so fellowship has just been a huge uh, pivotal role in my walk with Christ. Uh, it's arguably the reason like God used fellowship to... Uh, reveal himself to me so I'm super thankful for the fellowship that I have here mm. that's awesome. <clears throat> that's awesome. that is so good yeah. um yeah so for me I, I similarly did grow up in the church I also grew up in a very prideful and judgmental environment so mm. um what that looks like was always having to perform so in school it was you know, I want to be the smartest person in the room uh in football I mean I'm not going to be the biggest guy but I'm going to go and Put in the most work. You're for pretty sure. huge. <laughs> no, I'm not. Gosh. No, I, I, for those of y'all listening, I'm 6'1", 180. Like, I'm not that big. Um, but, you're fine. You're fine. Um, but, so naturally, man, I, I joined the core because I was like, man, I want to make a name for myself. I want to prove myself. Um, and, yeah, so I joined. It's not necessarily just the core. I joined uh, Squadron 17. It's a all-male group, and they pride themselves in, in um, man, just working out and, and – um, athletics and just on-campus relations and so um, gosh I was thrown into the thick of, of pride and I, and I loved it man it sucked for sure I mean it's, it's essentially a, a year-long pledge shit but I was like I mean I, I like I kind of liked the fact that I could earn um, things to my name like I could I could work for something and earn it and I was doing the stupidest things earning so but at the same time man I was I was earning relationships I had to put in the effort for a relationship within um, uh, gosh, within like my buddy class, for example, within the other guys going through with me. Um, and so, man, it's just a transactional relationship where I was like, oh, as long as I bring something to the table and they bring something to the table, it works. Mm. Um, and gosh, that's, that was my view of, of how Christ loved me. My view was, um, oh, as, as long as I put in my, my attention on Sunday mornings or as long as I open the Bible every now and then, like, he'll return, he'll reciprocate with this love for me. Um, and yeah, that's how I live my life. And so, um, gosh, sophomore year, ran into some problems um, and just felt very untrusted with with the jobs I'd earned in Squadron 17 specifically. And because of that, I mean, I, I just, I idolized 17. And then when these problems happened, I just completely hated it and left this hole in my heart. And so the party scene medicated that for me. And I basically was putting a mask over my problems mm -hmm. and that mask was, you know, alcohol and drugs and girls. And, um, and so, man, I went to Kaleo with these guys, uh, which is awesome. And on 
I really just did it because I was like, I just don't want to be at home. Mm-hmm. I'm from San Antonio, by the way. Worked at Canes. Uh, and I was <laughs> like, I ain't doing that again. Um, but I was like, wait, these people live differently. And, and I was like, wow, these people actually, they don't care about what I did. They care about who I am. Um, and then that's when I realized, man, that's what Jesus has that view of me. He just cares about who I am, not about what I do, what I bring to the table. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, God also revealed himself to me through community, through um through guys and honestly when I came to Clay I didn't know a single person and so that was huge too I had to go meet these people and know God through that so Kaleo yeah. is a eight week uh, summer discipleship program that we all did it's all how we met we've actually talked about it on a couple previous episodes but anyway sorry continue uh, no that, I mean that was pretty much it and um, yeah just just community since coming to faith I mean I knew that was something I had to strive for mm. like, I knew that was something I had to fight for because like I'd gone 20 years of my life without this. I was like, it doesn't just fall in my lap. Like I, yeah. so man, I, I strove hard afterwards to seek that. And that's, mm. yeah, that's pretty much all for me. Well, that's awesome. Um, it's really cool the way that God has provided fellowship for both of y'all, uh, especially in your, <clears throat> in your walks. Um, I know that's been pretty much the same case for both me and Andrew, um, as well. Andrew. <laughs> the reason we chuckle is cause my, my name is Andrew Bonnet. No one calls me Andrew. It's like it's like someone calling me television. I have no association with that word. Is it television? So, is that my real name? I might as well go by television. I'm calling you television now. Sure, chair. Um, that's so good. I think like before, like I think of a word like fellowship, or I think of other words that are in in the Bible or thrown around in Christian communities. Like I think of the word abide. These kind of like Christianese, if you will, like words. So for someone like so, how would you guys define like fellowship? Or like, what is like fellowship even mean? What do y'all think of? Yeah, I think the uh, thing that disqu- distinguishes fellowship versus just a normal friendship mm-hmm. is fellowship is true friendships rooted in Christ. Mm, yeah. And uh, when you you have fellowship with someone, uh, you have the same goal of glorifying God with mm-hmm. with your actions. And you're talking about your relationship with Christ with each other. Uh, you're encouraging one another. You're holding each other accountable. Uh, and it's just a much deeper uh, friendship that is rooted in Christ. Yeah, that's good. That's so good. That's good. Dude, yeah, kind of building on that is that another Christianese word is edification. And it's this word meaning oh, to yeah. build up. Um, yeah. And fellowship is huge in, in building up. And so um, what's key about kind of building off what you said, Hunter, about the difference between fellowship and normal relationships is fellowship is something that brings you closer to Christ. Um, and like, man, I could hang out with Christian friends and not be brought closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, um, fellowship is the, it's like an active pursuit of Christ through community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> so, um, there's this illustration called the navigator wheel. I think all four of us are familiar with mm-hmm. it, but for the viewers, it's, a uh, Imagine like a wheel with four spokes in the middle and um, Christ is at the center. And it's kind of this illustration of how um, a balanced faith should look. And so it has it has Christ at the center and the wheel is titled the obedient Christian. Um, and the four kind of spokes that hold that relationship together um, is prayer, witnessing, uh, scripture, and fellowship. And so it's crazy that fellowship is like literally a... I mean, we say a fourth, but like it's it's one of the most important things in our faith. And so mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, you know, it's kind of a, a spoke or a pillar for our foundation of with 
uh, of a relationship with Christ, how would you all say that fellowship has been like a foundation um, or a pillar for your faith that has held up your relationship with Christ? Dude, yeah. Um, gosh. Super loaded question, my bad. No, no, it is. And I love this question because, gosh, ever since I became a believer and I was immediately thrown back into the world, um, I knew that I needed uh, fellowship. I needed community. And, and man, like I was talking about earlier, like, like Squadron 17 is a very prideful environment. Um, it's full of just transactional relationships and, mm-hmm. and it's easy to get choked out by that. And when I was a young believer going back into that hallway, um, context, we all live in one hallway, 60 guys in one hallway. Um, <laughs> when I went back in that hallway, I was honestly afraid. I was like, man, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. First Peter two. Um, but I'm scared that I, this is the last, that's the last time I'll see it because I'm going to get choked out. And so mm-hmm. man, I, 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 I I ran away a lot, quote unquote. Um, I say, Peterson, I ran away to you and and bonded a lot um, because, man, I recognize y'all's genuineness. Um, and so, mm. dude, like stuff we would do, like this is kind of silly, but playing Halo like, all night or playing <laughs> Minecraft, you know, like that was just a thing, and like it was like something yeah. kind of silly, but it, yes. it, it it that itself turned into, man, I get these opportunities to speak with other believers and and mm. be filled up, so that when I go back into the world, man, I'm not. I'm not overspending myself almost. Um, Mm. And so, gosh, yeah, like fellowship is so huge. And Mm. if you're a believer thinking you can do it on your own, like that is so false. I mean, gosh, Jesus had 12 disciples. Like he had guys he lived with, Mm. um, you know, and he he never isolated himself. You can't, Mm. you genuinely cannot go through the Christian life by yourself. Um, And if you think you can do, you're deceiving yourself. Like don't, like seriously, don't even, don't even play with that. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think, okay. for me personally, I don't know, it's kind of a common thing, but it's easy to get in your head and kind of think, uh, when you're walking alone, you kind of think uh, negative thoughts. The enemy uses your uh, negative thoughts to get to you, but mm. when you have a community, uh, a strong foundation with community, and being around other believers, it really does encourage you, uh, and they really just pour truth into you. And with that, like you're saying, it just it just spurs you on, and it's uh, it's pivotal. It, it allows you to keep fighting the fight, uh, keep running the race, mm. and yeah, it'll keep you keep you focused on Christ, your eyes fixed on Christ. That's so mm, good. That's good. Yeah. That's one so one good. thing I kind of want to add to that too is like, gosh, I have I referenced First Peter too, like tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Like I've tasted and seen that the world is fun. But I've experienced way more fun in the company of believers, yeah. like in a sober Amen. environment, yeah. in, a, in an environment pushing me closer to Christ because man Jesus says like I'm the way the truth and the life you know no one comes to the father except through me but he's promising like this idea that I am the life if you want life come after me in John 15 11 he talks about like that my joy may be in you that your joy may be full and you find that joy that fullness of joy and remaining in him and abiding in him it's like Mm -hmm. gosh like being in the company of believers being in the body of Christ we can continue to see that joy like it's like if it's an obligation to be within the body of Christ like gosh heart check like check yourself um not that you have to get along with everyone but what I'm saying is like gosh like the company of believers it's a joyful group of people yeah that's so good Nathan we're literally like it's crazy that you're you say how like just the life done with fellowship and, and centered around Christ is so much better even though it's it doesn't seem like it at times from the outside it's like it doesn't seem like it's going to be more fun. Like obedience is never sounds like more fun, but I mean, literally like three of us went to this 
big country music festival last night and I mean like it was great it was so much fun we were in fellowship it was awesome but then literally like going to worship this morning like at church I was like dude this, there's no way that this can beat Zach Bryan that's that's who we, we saw Zach Bryan he's a big country artist but and I was like literally like almost in tears this morning I was like gosh like God is just so great like he's so much better like I mean if the, if Zach Bryan is like the peak of the world like this concert and God can top that like I mean there's just Mm-hmm. nothing that can like will ever deter me like it's it's anyways it's crazy but i was also going to say in regards to the navigator wheel there's we're all part of this ministry called stuma we talked about how uh that that summer program kaleo they they put that on but the leader of our uh, our region or our campus um actually argues that fellowship is the most important aspect or pillar of that wheel which is i think kind of crazy um, yeah yeah no i, I was just listening to the conversation too I think we've alluded a lot to the just the mass massive like benefits of fellowship in terms of man pushing each other close to Christ you know just having joyful deep friendship thing. I think all of us can like look back in our lives too and see how like service level a lot of our friendships were and I think I think not until one you're equipped with the Holy Spirit but also when you look back in hindsight you're like wow I called these friendships friendships but now that like we've tasted like Friendships are in Christ, such an awesome, joyful, genuine thing. But also one other question I want to ask, like we were kind of referencing isolation a little bit earlier, and isolation reminded me of just like one of the major, um, I guess, pitfalls of a lack of, of fellowship. So I thought I could like open up before a little bit to like, man, what are some pitfalls of a lack of a lack of fellowship? Or why is why is isolation bad enough there like listeners out there or if you know our own minds are saying man we can probably do this on their own like why is that like practically clearly like why is that a bad idea yeah Nathan used the term like fight for fellowship earlier mm-hmm. and that like is truly like a perfect uh, phrase is you truly do have to fight for fellowship mm-hmm. uh, it's something that doesn't come naturally for most people um, it definitely doesn't come easily uh, and like I mentioned in my little uh personal story earlier like it it took me a while to find good fellowship Mm. and that's okay because when you do continue to fight you will find your people uh and you will uh find that community that is solid but i think the biggest pitfall for myself was allowing i was believing the lie the enemy Mm. was telling me that uh like that i wasn't good enough or that no one would want to hang out with me that Mm. no one has my same interests and so with that i would just isolate and i would believe that uh, no one would want to be around me, uh, that I couldn't find friends, uh, that no one would have the same mindset, no one was pursuing Christ, like no one was mm-hmm. uh, wanting those same goals. Uh, but that's that's just a lie the enemy's telling you and wants you to believe so that you will isolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's the biggest pitfall is just believing those insecurities and those lies. Yeah, that's so good. I think about like it's a not a cliche image, kind of a funny image. I think of I think it was given at a conference like SMC, this conference that Stumo puts on every summer one time, I think Todd and I were speaking about fellowship saying, like, picture a like, lion chasing after a gazelle, how, like, the way that works, there's a group of gazelle, like, he goes after the one that's in isolation, the one that's, like, by himself. And I think that holds true to, like, to how the devil operates, too. Um, you know, like, the Bible says, like, the thief comes on to steal and kill and destroy, and I think when we're in isolation, like you said, like, we're so much more susceptible to that. Yeah. To lies, I'm sure all of us too can like speak to like specific stories 
when either someone in this room spoke truth in your, into your life or someone outside this room that you're in fellowship with spoke truth in your life when you were succumbing to lies. That's one thing I was thinking of too. Dude, yeah, I think of James five sixteen. Like, therefore, confess mm, your sins yeah. to one another, um, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great powers. Is working. Mm. Um, it's this idea of, of like boldly confessing sin, essentially. And and when yeah. when you isolate, generally, your that the fuel of your isolation is shame. And shame is different from guilt. Guilt is saying, guilt is I did something wrong. Shame is saying there's something wrong with me. Mm. And so when you believe that lie that there's something wrong with you, you don't want to seek the healing that comes from community in terms of, of confession and stuff. And man, confession, that's the thing we're going to be doing the rest of our lives. You know, uh, we're never going to be perfect, but, um, gosh, there's great healing, um, when we don't isolate. And, um, I think another thing too, that we just went to the lifelong laborers conference in Austin. And, uh, the point of that was to kind of shed light on what it looks like to, to quote unquote labor, the term laboring. Um, well, I can speak on that in a second, but to, to, to essentially live in light of the gospel and sharing the gospel post-college, post-grad. Um, it's this, one of the things, like, we had a panel of guys that, have, that were in Stumo, like, you know, 10-ish years ago, and, and their biggest thing was, like, man, you, you have to find community. Like, like, it's so easy just after college. Like, everybody in college is doing it, quote-unquote. You know, everybody in Stumo is doing it. Everybody, you know, fill in the blank, whatever campus ministry you may be involved in or church or whatever. But once you're out of college, it's like it's not just there for you to grab. Like you have to go find it, or you have to go make it, honestly. And so that was a huge thing of like, they all said the same thing. These guys ten years older than us saying like, like find community, see community, because yeah. man, accountability, um, that idea like that's gonna push you closer and closer to Christ. The term edification I used earlier, like you need, like, gosh, we need that. And it's just insane. Like, again, like I said, don't deceive yourself into thinking you don't mm-hmm. need that. That's well said. Yeah, I have a little scripture. uh, Isaiah six, sorry, Isaiah twenty six three. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds remain steadfast because they trust in you. Um, So my question uh, is just how have friendships anchored in Christ shaped your college experience so far? I think Nathan, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, I was just wondering like how those friendships that are anchored in Christ are just so much different than maybe other friendships or, um, you know, and how have they like played such a role in your college experience? Yeah. Um, gosh, I'll, I'll jump on this one. I think just seeing genuine love. Um, Mm. that's the first thing that comes to mind. I I remember, um, gosh, showing up to date parties being like, Oh my gosh, there's a squad here of guys I know. And, and these are guys that are rooted in Christ. And it's like, (laughs) And these are, these are my boys, you know, and like, and, and that, honestly, Peterson, that's how you and I got close together was because of yeah. <laughs> honestly just going to date parties together. Absolutely. But, um, but it's this idea that, man, I can come with you, come to you with anything and not be afraid. Mm. Um, and there's some things that so good. I can come to you guys with that I couldn't tell my quote unquote brothers who are going to marry and bury me and all this mm. stuff that the core preaches and says like, these are your guys. It's like, yeah, but, but when it, but if I don't bring anything to the table, then I'm considered worthless, you know, mm-hmm. subconsciously. They're not going to say that to my face, but that's just what a transactional relationship is. And so mm-hmm. um, that's the first thing I think of is this idea of, of love. And that love is from Christ. You know, like we inherently do not possess that love that Christ gives. Um, and so you will only be able to find that love in the presence of believers. Um, and so 
that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, that's awesome. I would agree. And to piggyback off that is, like, I think of when I sit down, like, at lunch with someone who is rooted in Christ and someone who isn't, like, a guy could ask you how you're doing. And it's, like, one one option, the guy who's not rooted in Christ is just, like, conversation started, like, hey, like, what's up? But then the one who is rooted in Christ, like, genuinely actually cares. Like, how are you doing? Like, how is how has your time with God been? How has your, mm. like, prayer life been? How has your, um, your, like, your family been? Like, how is your life? And, like, they, like, genuinely want to know uh, mm. how you're doing. That's what, what's been going on. And I think that's the, uh, I think you asked, like, the biggest difference or, like, what? Yeah. Mm. I think that would be the biggest. Uh, <clears throat> and, Hunter, I actually, this question is a little tailored to you, but I just, like, want to know, you talked about especially, like, kind of not finding like coming into college and just struggling like seeing that um just finding that group and so like how have like have one have you found that and like how has that actually been you know what is that how has that shaped your college experience specifically yeah absolutely uh it took me a while it took me about probably the entire first semester uh to find the group and uh, i would say the big the group of guys that i've stuck with is the guys in our student ministry as you know and I think the biggest thing that shaped me is just, like, people do, like, just the encouragement and the accountability. It just shapes you to look more and more like Christ each day. Oh, um, so good. And, yeah. Well, sorry, can you repeat no, no, the question that, one more time? You, I think you answered it. Okay. Um, but it was just more of just, like, how man since you found those people like how has it really shaped your college experience but I think I mean I think you nailed it on the head Um, just these people push you to be more like Christ and you know what you said about you know these people how they genuinely care about you Um, Mm -hmm. you know they they don't just ask oh how you doing man you know they mean it like it's man are are you okay like are you have you been good yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah that's so good I was just say one thing. I was sorry. I, no, 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 yeah, you're good. You're good. <clears throat> one thing I was thinking of too, like I, I, obviously right now we're talking about like fellowship in terms of two um, people with the Holy Spirit like loving each other, like fellowship in the context of um, believers loving believers. But I think too, it's cool to like I think about all y'all's lives too, and my life as well. Um, and the friend and like the boys I have too that are now in the faith, like all of us, all of us in some way or some shape or form were impacted by people loving us enough to like meet with us ask us intentional questions like I think of your experience at Kaleo or your experience with someone like George your experience with someone like Jared George my experience with um, and these are guys that are in our lives guys are either on staff and these are like spiritual leaders yeah spiritual leaders or I think of Parker Seal a guy who was a year above me in Fiji people who just loved us enough to ask us intentional questions and one it like saddens me that that's a reality of this lifelong laborers conference I remember one of the girls on this panel was saying how it's it's sad she notices in her workplace when she asks people about how they're truly doing or asks people about their life that they are thrown off by that that it's like not a normal thing to be like asked those questions which is sad but it's so cool that like man we are the fruits of people loving us enough to ask us engineering questions and like Weigel said earlier too like that love is not that love is like only rooted in Jesus I had no I had no heart to like love people for Christ no heart to ask people intentional questions aside from just like doing it to like appease them or make them think that I'm like not as selfish as I, I know I was um, so that was cool too did you have a question or I have a, I've got a couple more but okay it's up to you 
Well, no, you keep you go. Ahead. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I guess. So we talked about how like friends are anchored in Christ, like are just more genuine relationships. But I don't think we've really addressed like how would you go about. I think Nathan, you talked about how like you used to like escape a little bit from your uh, your buddies, your guys in the your guys in Squadron Seventeen, but. Um, like how, what, what are some ways that y'all would address or go about people who may not be fully in the faith yet? Um, you know, how would you, how, how do interactions look there? And like, what's some, what are some tips maybe that you have to give the audience, um, of just how to go about those relationships and, um, yeah, that's, that's really, and, and I have a scripture, uh, second Corinthians six fourteen, warning against idolatry. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for do what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness? And I think this scripture can be a little misleading in this context of how it's almost saying don't be yoked with unbelievers, but how do we actually, I mean, we have to be around them, you know, mm-hmm. you know and, and they're, they're the lost. So we must uh, evangelize them, but maybe how do we approach those situations? Mm. Yeah. Gosh, it's a difficult question. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and honestly, well, the first thing that comes to mind is, and you're going to be the product of the five people you're closest to. Mm-hmm. It's like, are the five people you're closest to, like, and I'm just going to use, this is, you know, wait, this podcast is for, like, college students, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, yeah. so, 100%. man, if, you're, if your five closest friends are alcoholics, you know, I already know who you are, you know? <laughs> like, unfortunately, and I'm not trying, and I'm not condemning you, I'm not judging you when I say that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just the reality. Um, that's just the, the reality of the situation. If, if you're, um, Gosh, if your if your five closest friends are seeking validation in the world, then you're probably going to do that too, and 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 that's just the unfortunate truth. Like I'm saying, and so man, who do you want to be? Surround yourself with those people. Um, but man, like like I said, like the joy that comes from following Christ as opposed to the world, like you can have that joy when your five closest people are mm-hmm. also seeking that. I mean, I think of like some of my best friends. I mean. Um, guy that comes to mind always pushed me to do scripture memory i mean he's like one of my best friends ever and and the way that he seeks after god not for not for anybody else's validation mm-hmm. he seeks it for the glory of god and that's galatians 1 10 where he's like and am i my seeking the approval of man or of god or am i still trying to please man mm-hmm. you know if i were still trying to please man i would not be a servant of christ um and so man he embodies that and i just get to do that with him and we both are pointed to the joy that is found in christ and so I don't know if I really explained that very well necessarily, um, but maybe just what, how would that? Um, how would you approach like using that? How would you approach situations with unbelievers? Or how do you? Yeah. Maybe that's a different. Like I, I wrote down like how do you find a balance between f- fellowship while also seeking to be like a light amongst the darkness? So meaning like a light amongst people that maybe are pursuing the faith. Like where is that balance? Or and that's in third way. Someone, <laughs> someone listening. Who's like playing the devil's advocate a little bit, saying, "Yeah, okay, so if I'm following, saying if I follow Jesus, I just, I had to get all new friends. I leave all my friends. Yeah. I don't. How does that work? I feel like I shouldn't. Yeah, that's interesting, that and I'd love to touch on that third question too, just maybe from maybe our own experience. Um, Sorry. But I, I think there's two perspectives here. One is the guy who's wrestling with choosing to go to Christ, and the other one who's in Christ. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to speak on behalf of the one who is trying, who is wrestling, counting the cost right now, seeing is this something I should do to, to give up everything to follow Christ. And mm-hmm. man, um, I, I, th- I would encourage you to see what friendships you're looking at right now, that you're in right now, 
and see for whose gain are they for. Are you only a friend because you provide something to the group or because the group actually genuinely loves you? You see, you, I, I hope you all understand what I'm, what I'm saying by that. Um, that's just kind of the, really the first thing that comes to mind. Um, and then for the person that is in faith, in the faith, balancing, finding, like, the believers. Um, gosh, I would say, like I said, you have to fight for it, but one way you can find that is being just involved in the body of Christ. And mm. one, one thing about the body of Christ is, like, it's a command to be in the body of Christ. Mm. We're commanded to not isolate. Um, and so, man, in terms of practicals, find those people and honestly live with them. Uh, live with those people. Um, become their roommates. Um, gosh, hang out with them all the time. I mean, yeah. I mean, literally, what two years ago I didn't know a single one of you guys, but now I'm 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 literally at your in your room like every other day because. <laughs> Because, like, this is true, genuine fellowship and true, genuine friendship. And it's like, man, I need that, crave that, like, desire that. If you – and I want to speak on your third question and this idea of, man, do I have to throw away all my old friends and get new friends? Mm-hmm. I feel like as you continue to pursue Christ, you almost want to get those new friends who will push you closer to him. Mm-hmm. Not that you'll want to abandon the old ones, but you'll be like you'll, – you'll see the stark difference between the love of the world and the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And – if you are truly craving the love of Christ, you won't find that in your friends and you'll know I need to seek godly relationships, like godly friendships, godly. Um, and so that's just kind of what comes to my mind. Yeah. When I think of that. That's well said. I would say too, I think, I'm talking too much, but um, like on that third question, it is a hard question, I'm sure. Uh-huh, like yeah. that's a question that I, that I had too. I think I looked at kind of older older Fijis who had come to faith and I, th- I saw they weren't like really as like a part of a f- well, they're, they're still part of the fraternity but not as much as like I currently wasn't like shoot man how does this work and I think like you said the word abandoned I think I fell victim to that idea and kind of abandoned uh, them a little bit and just to run and I ran to community and obviously we should run to community but not at the expense of like not leveraging our previous friendships for like Jesus um, so it's hard and I think it's like something to continue to pray about to find that balance because I know like Paul I don't know in what verse or what book he says we're supposed to like make the most of every opportunity and that he has become all things for all people so that I don't know how it goes become all things for, for all people so that like before he dies he could save some so he's like going to people like leveraging friendships lever- leveraging relationships so yeah. I think it's a hard balance we definitely all still like fight for um yeah yeah for sure i think yeah i think one cool way to be around non-believers is like obviously yes spend majority of your time with community with fellowship uh be encouraged and spurred on but then like do challenge yourself and do step into that environment uh to reach the loss like you said like Mm -hmm. paul did become uh anyone like to reach as many as possible and to win as many towards Christ. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think we don't realize is how much of a light we are in that darkness, um, like mm-hmm. within the fraternity or in the core uh, or any organization. Like you may not realize it, but people want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of times I believe the lie that I, they don't want me there because I live differently. Mm-hmm. But I think 
in all reality, they they notice you live differently, and they're kind of intrigued by it, uh, and it makes them question their own actions, uh, which is great because they should be questioning their actions if it's not uh, if they are sinful actions and if they're not glorifying to God, and so it's definitely important to be around non-believers uh, in order to reach them, but they definitely should not be like your priority or your like. Primary. Uh, like primary that's yeah. what I'm looking for primary community that's so good yeah, yeah. honestly building off what you just said Second Timothy 4 says I just had to look it up was Paul talking about he's like I'm being poured out as a drink offering um, the idea of being poured out implies that you're being full of something you know it's like yeah. are you being who are you being filled by you know are you being filled by the people in this world who are just here for the world of the world um, or are you being filled by like the love of Christ yeah. and um, man when you pour yourself out because you're going to be poured out whether you like it or not. What is coming out of you? You know what I'm saying? Um, and another thing I want to touch on, this is just my last thought. I don't want to talk super that long. That is good. Man, good. if you look at Paul's letters, there's a lot of times like, man, like Romans 1. Man, for I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift that is to strengthen you, that we may be mutually encouraged by one another's faith, both yours and mine. Um, it's this idea that he's like, man, I long to be in community. Um, at the end of his letter, he says, hey, greet the household of blank, you know all my friends this and that like literally at the end of his letters it's all these like names that he's listing like there's one letter where he lists like 30 names I can't remember which one and I'm like golly this guy's got like some homies you know but like <laughs> it's like dude even the apostle Paul himself needed community mm-hmm. you know um, gosh I think of like King, like King David he had Jonathan you know um, they were best friends mm-hmm. um, and there's just so many references in the scripture of guys having other guys um, mm-hmm. to be around and and I just said, I say guys kind of generally, I mean, like girls see, you know, girls too, you know, but like, like we all, we all have to have community. Um, yeah. That's so awesome. I love how you all talked about life on life. Um, it's literally another pillar of uh, that navigator where we talked about witnessing, but seeing how others live differently, seeing how we are, uh, like you said, hunter lights, um, just in complete darkness. And <clears throat> I think it's really cool. We've all, I think, been able to see multiple people um, choose to follow Jesus just because of how one of us or our friends um, just have lived differently. And so it's really cool to be able to bring non-believers around other believers and just see how, um, just like how darkness is just killed by the light, mm. literally. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, but I thought that was really cool. Mm. Do you have any more questions? I have one question, but before I ask this question out, it was like going to be a practical question of like what fellowship like looks like. Before I said that, I was thinking back to stuff that was said at like, like I mentioned the Life Long Neighbors Conference. Um, oh, what was my point? Oh, um, they were mentioning, a lot of people were mentioning these like community groups that a lot of people are a part of in churches. And these community groups are awesome and serve a purpose. Um, but something we've all just tasted through, thankfully being a part of like, Stimo is like being a light in that darkness, like leveraging our previous um, relationships and friendships for Christ. And wherever they're going with that, hold on. Oh, I think some people can be prone to, myself included, to like, like I said earlier, like run to kind of the Christian bubble and have that be their entire life. And so I just want to speak to that too. Like sometimes I can be too prone to run to that at the expense of like leveraging those, those friendships. And so I think we should always be reminded that, man, like I kind of, I'm kind of like being a dead horse, but God didn't put us in... I didn't put Waggle in the core for no reason. Y'all two made it for no reason. Me and Fiji for no reason. Like, we're there to impact people. 
for Christ. And honestly, I think part of this too is like seeking, we sometimes seek comfort and it's like not the comfortable thing to be an outlier. It's not a comfortable thing to be, to go against the grain, especially that I relate with your short lot hunter, just wanting to, I wanted to be part of community so bad. And now that I've tasted it, like it's in like, Stumo, the student ministry that we keep talking about, like I need to be very careful not to just run to that for all my joy mm-hmm. and purpose, but remember like, man, I'm putting Fiji, y'all are putting your organizations for a purpose. And it's to love people well and impact people for Christ. I don't know what's our time check. I had one we're chilling on time. I had one question, like I think it's practically like what does fellowship even like even look like like practically? Someone's like, Man, like this is awesome. I wanted develop fellowship with this person and they have this person and they're wanting to seek that out like what does it even like look like practically I know you mentioned earlier like hanging out playing Halo or hanging out yeah. but <laughs> gosh but practically what is it yeah that's all you can do that's all you yeah, do you just make sure you, you, just play, you, just have you a, don't have an Xbox one get an Xbox two yeah. download Halo three not just Halo though there's Halo. Minecraft Fortnite Gang Beasts yeah, dude Gang Beasts <laughs> has been pivotal to my edification <laughs> towards Christ. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Game is also an obscure game. It's a recommendation. We <laughs> all should look that up. But no, practically, like, what does that look like? Obviously, hanging out has its, like, purpose and, like, doing life with people, but, like, what else? What thing am I, do y'all think when you think of what fellowship looks like, truly? Yeah, I think a very important uh, aspect of fighting for fellowship is planning mm. and, like, setting a time where you know that you and whoever can meet up and like sticking with that uh, I know I meet up with my spiritual mentor uh, every week at least once once a week for two hours on Wednesdays that's a time that both works for us and we've yet to uh, cancel or rearrange because we know that if we do cancel like it might not happen and so sticking to it setting a time a weekly time uh, and sticking to that uh, and making it a weekly thing uh, and it just doesn't have to be someone who's pouring into you it can be someone you're pouring into mm-hmm. uh, and get, just getting a good mix of that and mm-hmm. I think that's that's vital it's just planning and making it a very strong priority in your, yeah. in your life what does that time yeah. what does that time look like yeah yeah. so it looks like accountability um, confessing sin uh, encouraging uh, sharing what our week's been like uh, maybe some anxieties that we have and honestly what it looks like with my spiritual mentor is anything that I come to him with like uh, sin struggles or anxieties, he's always pointing me back to truth. He's mm. we're opening God's word. Uh, we're looking to see what God has to say about uh, certain ideas or um, pitfalls, and we are reminding ourselves of truth uh, and encouraging each other with that. Mm. I love that. That yeah. made me think of uh, the scripture. I'm blanking on what scripture it was, but do not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. Hebrews 10, 10, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Yeah. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and yes. good deeds yeah. and not give up meeting as someone have been doing, etc. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, dude. That, I, that was like huge. Like, be faithful to like the commitments you set up with another guy, um, like spiritual leaders and stuff. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, like, like what it's looked like, dude, I, I live with a, a faithful brother. His name's Grant. Um, shout him out. Shout uh, out Grant. Shout dude, out Grant Shout out Grant McIntosh. Gosh. Um, guy of 60 there's you know 60 people in this hallway and he lives on the other side and I, all I have to do is walk over there and I just literally kick open his door wake him up like <laughs> you know I need bull um but no I mean that that's that's good too just like living with these guys um uh wait can you run me the question again <laughs> sorry oh like, like practically what is what is fellowship 
like, like what does fellowship look like just straight yeah, up like um, practically yeah. do a lot of it how do you do it and, and essentially too if you want to start fellowship mm-hmm. start that kind of relationship is bro be vulnerable that's yeah. like a big thing like oh, be so open and vulnerable and, and confess because like here's the thing like mm-hmm. Romans 8 1 there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ yeah. Jesus and if someone is condemning you like like that that's just wrong like yeah. straight up like if you are founded in Christ there is therefore now no condemnation. Therefore, like, there is nothing you should be holding back either. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and there is no grounds for judgment in that way either. And so, man, like, the the best relationship I have with guys is guys I can be vulnerable with. I can literally walk to Grant's room and be like, dude, like, I'm struggling with this, you know? Yeah. Couldn't, I mean, I can say it to my roommate too. My roommate, my roommate is also a, a faithful guy as well. Um, but I can't go across, I can't go the door in front of me and, and go to those guys and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. Um, they should be like, all right. They should be like, okay, cool. Like, why'd you tell me that? Like, I don't care. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. You know, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But that, I mean, That's so good. like, I'll, I'll go back to like when I wasn't a believer, when I first got to Kaleo, I remember my D group leader, was shout out Micah. Um, mm. uh-huh. He, he let out in vulnerability. He, uh, yeah. he just straight up just started confessing i'm like bro why would you tell me this like yeah like why would you say but then to see him open like to see him welcomed with love by the other guys in my group i was like hey yo i was like i can i can have this like i i can talk about things i've never told anybody things i'm so ashamed of and they can welcome me with love like that's that was my first glimpse as to the love of christ um and so yeah so yeah that reminded me of let's say real quick um First John one says like, but if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. But it's so funny that like, the condition upon having fellowship with one another, that like, the condition that makes that true is like walking in the light. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. what you all said, because that's something like I said we didn't taste before Christ, like intervening in our lives for so long. <laughs> we stuffed and we lied and we didn't process things. But that's the beautiful thing about fellowship, just living in the light and understanding that like when you're when you're when you're in fellowship with someone like you're both sinful beings and you're prone if you have, if you're close with someone in your life you're prone to hurt them and it's just like man having a lot of grace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. forgiveness recognizing that there is grace and grace is abundant and we're just sinful people but just continually going back to the gospel um that's awesome but yeah I, well, I think that wraps up our um uh, our middle section of our podcast <laughs> um I think we're going to go into the finale. Uh, cool. We haven't done this in a while, me and you. Oh, gosh. Um, this is y'all's first time. We're just literally going to... Wait, this is the middle section? This would be... This is like the end. No, I said, yeah, we wrapped up the... Oh, I guess it was an intro. I see what yeah. you're saying. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah. The bulk, the body of the... The, the, the body. bulk of this podcast. So, yeah, you're welcome to just literally stop listening right now, but we're just going to do something <laughs> funny. But if you want to laugh... If you want to laugh fun. and probably hear some horrendous, not funny jokes, oh, then you're gosh. welcome to listen. Um so yeah, I think with Pablo we did uh, what was it? Would you rather? Mm-hmm. It was like that, and so now we're doing. A, you're just telling a joke. So basically, does anyone have a joke that they want to start off? Oh my gosh! Unfortunately, also just so y'all know, Peter and I don't have our phones out. Meanwhile, these two guys have their phones out, <laughs> probably looking up, frantically looking up, probably jokes, looking up jokes. Which shows one like lack of preparation, but also yeah. lack of creativity. Mm, yeah, so, I didn't even look up mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people, a lot of like, oh, I don't have. Jokes, but you did have you ample opportunity. Oh, yeah. I did have plenty of opportunity, and said I slept. That's okay. Um, no, that's okay. I love uh, that you're here, making here, this a priority. Why don't, why don't we go first? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I'll go oh, first. Why don't we go first? I like this was kind of this is like a Jesus joke. That was kind of funny. Okay, you know how like Jesus is divine, 
Yeah. And we are the branches. The branches. <laughs> Dang, you heard, you heard that? No, you just, it was just so obvious when you said it, yeah. Oh, crap. So what's the joke? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, I want to say, really how good. does Moses make his coffee? He brews it. Dang it, bro. <laughs> Dude, I've heard that. That was actually really good. Yeah. Mine is, uh, mine is not really... Uh, spiritual based. Um, I said, "What did the triangle say to the circle?" You're pointless. Dang it, bro! <laughs> no, that's only a shirt. Bro, how do we, every well, let's see if anyone can say a joke. That we don't know the yeah, answer. Yeah, do we? We're is everyone gonna get one? Oh man, what? Is, mine's not. Mine's just more of a two liner. Like I just kind of okay. say it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you how it? do you not get it? Oh, fruit flies. Bananas are fruit. He said, he said, time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. Like, they like bananas. Like fruit uh, flies. Uh, oh, oh It's a play on the, like, yeah, yeah, the grammar. Dude, that was we, good. I, I think was we're good. on the same website, I'm not going to lie. See if I, got, um, I mean, I had this one earlier. Oh, okay, y'all. No, you got it. I'm still struggling. This one's so cloud. I tell you this, don't say it. How do you make a tissue dance? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put a boogie in it. That's like the classic. That's such a good one. That I think one. my go-to is always, uh, what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Ground, ground beef. beef. Ground beef, yeah. Good. Gosh. Dang, we're so unoriginal. I know, these suck. I was shocked that oh. you knew mine. Wait, what do you call a cow with three legs? Lean beef. What do you call a cow with two legs? Oh. Half pounder? Your mom. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Got he. Wow. Dude, chill. Kind of brutal, I know. We're going to have to cut, have to cut that out. <laughs> we're talking about fellowship oh and love? Gosh. No, we're going after mom. Hey, Y'all set it up. Dude, dude Hunter, yeah, no, no shot. I, I saw right, that coming. You're, you're expelled. No longer welcome. Oh, man. Uh, I wish we could, like, create a joke. I remember when I visited Cleo, I was in the pool. I don't even know who was in the pool. We were trying to create a joke that was, like, wordplay and we couldn't do it. But you ever wonder who comes up with these jokes? Yeah. It's probably, like, very hard. I don't know. But, like... <laughs> Smart and Fire guys. pirates called pirates because <laughs> they They're, they have made scurvy. I don't know. They just are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stupid one. All right. Well, maybe we should end on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> Gosh. No, Hopefully, well, that provided some some sort of comedy relief. The fact that we all came up with horrible jokes, and Hunter was the only one that could. Well, I guess. Just you just best. start pulling yeah, them out. Start uh, flaming people. Yeah. That's good. Jeez. I'm better at that. All right. Well. We appreciate y'all listening. If you made it this far, then you're awesome. And if you didn't, you're still awesome. Mm. And Jesus loves you. Yep. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye. Next time.